the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I want to talk about becoming one spirit with God. And the stuff that I will say today, like I said, is something that will really change your life. And I want us to read 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 17. Though, if you have to understand the context of this scripture, you may have to start from verse 13. Becoming one spirit with God. Now, one thing many people have not understood when it comes to the things of God is um, the difference between positional righteousness and practical righteousness. That's why sometimes we have an imbalance. That's why you have people shouting every day, I'm the righteousness of God but they are not living it because there is a gap sometimes between people's positions and what they are actually doing. And so there are certain scriptures that should move beyond being declarations. It's where God has given you something and then you have a mandate to practice what he's given you. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Imagine you are told that for the next 25 minutes anything that you put in any trolley in ShopRite, for example, is yours. So now, and, and yeah, and I say 25 minutes, not even one. Now imagine anything that you put is actually yours. Now that means that as at the time that 25 minutes and starts and says, yeah, technically the entire shop right is yours. It means technically, I don't know what you usually buy from shop right. The apples are yours. The bananas are yours. The bar one ice cream is yours. Right? The whipped cream is yours. Okay, let me try to remember. What does my wife buy in Shepherd? I, I was thinking of my list. Uh, the hot pick is yours. 
the sunlight, specifically 5kg washing powder, is yours in that moment. You know, I was in shock last week. She danced when she saw the sunlight 5kg. Because she was happy to find that specific amount of kilograms. Because last time, 5kg wasn't there. Why not just get, you know, 2 or 3kgs? But anyways, so last time the 5 <laughs> And she danced. She didn't in shop, right? Like, <laughs> okay. So it means in that moment you have access to everything. But then you can decide to just stand and take selfies with everything and just... It means in that, in that moment, you're being posi you positionally have access to everything, but practically access to nothing because you're not doing something about it. And that's the way it is with the promises of God. There are certain things that you have to actively participate in for you to experience them in their fullest. So let's start from here for context. We said from verse 13, right? From verse 13, I think it's food for the body and the body is food for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God to destroy both of it. Now, he begins to talk about sexual morality because the Corinthian church was struggling in this area. As a matter of fact, the city of Corinth had what they called temple prostitutes, where people would worship a god by servicing prostitutes in a temple. That's why Paul had to emphasize that they are the temple of God. It was, it was altar versus altar. It was power versus power. It was a battle. And this church had this challenge. Next verse. And so Paul begins to expressly explain something to them. And let's start from verse 15. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? It's something very special I'll teach on this verse during the Dominion Conference. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Next verse. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. So that means something that God... Uh, wanted to be a reality of marriage where the two become one flesh. People begin to expose that reality in all sorts of environments in which they were never supposed to function. And when you take a fish out of water, it may have one or two challenges. And then he gives a contrary argument to that. He says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He, it's a very interesting time for him to bring up this. One hand, he tells them, look, if you join to a harlot, you become one flesh with them. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit. Now that shows you that there is a level of fellowship that is needed between us and God. And the more we fellowship with him, what happens? The more we become like him in the practical sense, not just in a positional sense. Now, there are certain there are certain things I want us to note. Let me just read this point for you. One spirit with God is not a passive thing. 
as many people believe. It's a reality available to every believer, but it must be actively pursued for you to walk in it. And as we continue going, you'll notice that the keys that I'll give you for this will apply even when we talk about the soul and when we talk about the body. For those who are joining us, we've been dealing with spirit, soul, and body. Think about this, right? Every human being, I want you to think about a baby who's been born five minutes ago. Are you aware that you're not any more human than they are? They are just as human as you. The difference between you and them is that you've developed. You've been trained. You've been taught the queen's language. Is it the king's language? We have to change a lot of phrases in our heads now. Just felt a bit, it feels a bit weird, you know? You've been taught the king's language. <laughs> You've been taught your mother tongue. So you are developed. There are certain exercises you have done which have caused your body to be more developed. In the same way, you must develop your inner man. You have to grow on the inside. And the Bible tells us how to. So turn to your neighbor and say, growth. Another one, you must grow. Wonderful. Now, as you educate your spirit, you'll notice that you'll begin to align more and more and function more like God. And the first principle in doing this is biblical meditation. Biblical meditation. I've touched on it here and there, but today I want to give a few deets, details about it. So I'm preparing for the YAM conference. So I want to I wanna give a few details about it. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You can see from this that meditation is actually an active thing. It's a, it's a very active thing. And, you know, I want us to be a bit practical about it. So here are some keys for biblical meditation. Biblical meditation has to do with controlling your thought life from the spirit and aligning it to the word of God. And then these thoughts don't lie dormant in your mind, but you speak them audibly. Some of the keys. Number one, you must let the word of God dwell in you richly. I want us to use our imagination for a second. I want us to use our imagination for a second. I want you to imagine you've got this cup of water and you want to prepare for yourself a delicious cup of Ziggy. 
Now, for those who don't know what Ziggy is, if you don't know what Ziggy is, Ziggy is so precious. You know, guys, I went to a restaurant, eh? And I was looking at, like, the list of drinks, and I saw homemade lemonade. In and this lemonade will obviously taste a certain way. And the price was like 70 to somewhere there, 70 kwacha. I was like, guys, this lemonade will make me <laughs> sing of the goodness of God. And, and, you know, and, I was <laughs> and as I'm in that process, um, in that process, I ordered it. And you know, in the movies when I was younger, lemonade really used to look a certain way. And so that's what I was expecting. Huh? You know how it tasted like? It tasted like someone was at home, they got water, they cut a lemon, they did like that, and then they got sugar. How did they put? And they stared. I could have easily walked through the market. Am I the only one who's ever experienced that disappointment in my life? You don't know how you've never... Have, you have you ever felt pain? Anyways, now, I want you to imagine... I want you to imagine that cup of water and you want... Uh, you want to make some nice ziggy. And so what do you do? You get some sugar, right? Are you imagining? And you've gotten some sugar... And then you put it in the water. Just a little bit of sugar and put it in the water. And leave it just like that. Will you enjoy the richness of the zigolo like that? If you really want to enjoy it. I don't know if somebody is hearing me. If you really want to enjoy it, you get it. You put it there. You steer it. You make a solution. The color even changes slightly. And when that happens, the taste changes because the substance has changed. And the water, I don't know, either the sugar becomes waterly or the water becomes sugarly. <laughs> All we know is that the water and sugar become one spirit. Because there is, there is a mixture going on. Now, with that in your head, for illustrative purposes, let's have that, yeah. You didn't bring a spoon? You did. Wonderful. Let's illustrate it. Because I want you to think, and then let's have Colossians. Oh, there's a yam conference soon, right? I want you to scheme. <laughs> Thank you. Now, let me have a bottle of water. I want us to read Colossians chapter number 3. Thank you. And verse 16. Thank you. And in this case, this is you. Colossians 3.16. Can we read it together? One, two, three, go. Okay, who wants to be the one to taste?
Okay, he came to the front. <laughs> okay, I would like you to taste it and confirm that this is water. Amen, right? Now let the word of God. Richly. <laughs> okay. I just know a little bit of John 3.16. But I've not yet really gone deeper into it. All I know is uh, just one or two verses. The taste will begin to change. You begin to notice the difference, right? But... There is a place where you say, you know what? Lord, I want all of you. Everything. No, no, that's not enough. Meditate, 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 meditate. Sir, we don't want you to get... Now, can you call this water? Can you call it sugar? They've become one spirit. Now, in the same way, the word of God, thank you so much, must dwell in you, not, not just a little bit. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, not poorly, not a little bit, but richly. And that's a decision that is up to you. You can decide to have the word of God dwell in you richly. That's the first key. The word of God must dwell in you richly. For that to happen, number one, receive it with meekness and gladness. We're still on point 1A. Point 1A, Roman numeral 1. If you want the full notes, sell. <laughs> now, notice this. James 1 verse 21 says, Therefore, lay aside... Like it's you who must actively do that. All filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now when I'm talking about meekness, have you ever seen how a guest speaker looks when they're about to introduce him? Oh, you guys don't watch. Like you've never, have you ever seen, <laughs> let me tell you how guest speakers are when you're about to introduce him. Like uh, you've gone somewhere and and you know, I rarely go to places. You've gone somewhere and they want to introduce you. So they'll start, the man who's about to call. Uh -huh. And you know what you do? <laughs> this man heals the sick. That's the posture. You have to... I don't know why we do it. I also just found it. But for some, but for some reason, when a guest speaker is introduced, there's a... It's, it's sort of like, okay, look, I may not necessarily be deserving of these words, but even if I am, I'm also honored that somebody else has taken time to acknowledge it. You have to receive it with meekness. Anything you receive with meekness, you will pay attention. You have to receive the word of God with meekness. That means you receive it with humility. You receive it humbly. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. In receiving the word with humility, that's when you can say like Jesus, not my will but yours. Because the word of God will challenge your thoughts. The, Lord, the word of God will challenge your opinions. 
The word of God will challenge your emotions. You have to receive it with meekness and with gladness. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Say, Lord, my heart is ready to receive your word. Everything you have for me, I receive it. Say it one more time. Amen. You have to receive the word of God with meekness. That's why I get surprised. We can't be in the middle of the most dangerous point of the service. And you're walking, and you know, I've seen it, and you know, maybe sometimes you get used to church because with church people are more cultured. When we go out for the dominion nights, you know what we go through sometimes? You're preaching, someone is saying hello from inside, like the person was seated all the way that side, and they start walking out, and then they're reaching there, they've already answered the phone, hello, hey, in the middle of a sermon, and it's a dominion night, so we have to be nice. I don't know if somebody's. We go through a lot. Ridgeway had a good time. And I found, I, 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 I found, I don't know, that place needs some breaking of ground. There's a coldness I found. The moment I challenged when it came to holiness, four people walked out. Am I the one who noticed? Four people stood up and walked out. The moment I said you have to leave a good deal, four people stood up immediately and walked out. Then you have to maintain your composure and crack a joke. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you have to learn to receive the word of God with meekness, with gladness. Have you ever received a phone call from somebody who you respect? Even the way you answer, you'll be, hello? Hello? What are you doing? You're receiving their instructions with meekness. Sometimes if you're driving, you'll stop the car. But if it's just that person, and you throw the phone away, you have to receive the word of God with meekness. Praise God. And the challenge is to keep doing that as you continue in the faith. And the word of God primarily, you will hear from the spirit of God and also from uh, your teachers. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. This is Roman numeral 2 of point 1a. It says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Um, I remember one time, I've forgotten where I was. Um, and what they didn't realize is that I was somewhat of a bit of slightly, maybe perhaps, an important person for that specific gathering. But they knew it not. And so there was something specific that I had advised, but it was completely shunned. Then when the person who they thought was now the one came and they immediately said, um, so Apostle, what do you advise on this situation? 
First, I gave a look. <laughs> but then the challenge now was, initially they had taken my words lightly. So I could not say or do much. And yet I was in a position to aid that specific situation. Now, when we do not take the word of God seriously, there's a lot that we want here. I once had a dream. Do you guys remember it? I had a dream called pay attention. The dream has a name. And in that dream, I was teaching and I was about to go deeper into a revelation about something. I think in the dream, I was teaching on Cain and Abel. And then that person was doing that, that person was doing that, that person was doing that. Even I couldn't hear myself. And I heard God say, if they don't pay attention, I will not go further in revelation. So don't take these as words of man. Praise God. Come on, say it after me. I receive the word. The second key, which is B, is to focus on something. Now, this has to do with maybe the promises of the word or any of those things. And actually picture it. I want us to see this verse, and you will see. If you can pay attention, you will see. I've been wanting to teach this verse for years. Okay, a year. So Genesis 30, I want you to see verse 32. How many of you remember Jacob and Laban? Laban was Jacob's uncle, right? And Jacob was about to leave Laban, but he wanted his gratuity. So that person who's been wanting their gratuity, it's yours in Jesus' name. So he wanted his gratuity. And so they made a deal with Laban, saying, all your speckled animals will be mine. Like any speckled animal that will be born, meaning an animal that's, you know, dotted or speckled, that one will be mine. And then the other ones will be yours. Laban was very happy because it's easier to, it was easier to have the normal ones than the speckled ones. The speckled ones were unique. Okay, so he says, let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all speckled sheep and spotted sheep, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled ones among the goats, and these shall be my wages. Let's continue. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. The subject of my wages comes before you. Everyone that is not and spotted among the gods brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. The guy was confident. He's saying, look, every sheep, every goat that is not speckled or spotted is yours. Whatever is speckled or spotted is mine. Now remember, it was easier to have the normal ones than the speckled and spotted ones. Let's continue. And Laban said, all oh, that it were according to your word. The guy was happy. And this is what Jacob did. Are you following? So he removed that day the gods that were speckled and spotted. All the female gods that were speckled and spotted. And everyone that had some white in it. And all the brown ones among the lambs. And gave them into the hand of his sons. Now, you know what that means? Now, I want you to follow me. 
what that means is this. Maybe let me use an illustration. Um, any department that's in uniform, like just three or four of you. Okay, come, because they are in white. Praise God. And then I want um, spores. Give me two or three of you. Two or three of you. So I want us to consider these. Are your uniform colors different? Is it obvious that they are different? Not really, right? So spores can go back. Who's like in a very different uniform? Ushering. Okay, let me have ushering. Uh, spores, we'll see. <laughs> ushering, let me have two or three ushers. Okay. Now, what he did is this. Let's say these are all the animals. I need a few, a few more in white. A few more in white. Hospitality, I need a few more. Hospitality, I need a few more. <laughs> so let's say these are all the animals, right? The guys are not animals. They're human beings, but this is an illustration. And, of course, now these are the normal animals. These ones are the spotted and speckled ones. So what he says is, let's remove these. Let's remove them. And then, from these, if any is born like this, those are mine. Like these will make other animals amongst themselves. And if any of them is born like this, they are mine. But so that I'm fair to you, I'm removing these ones first. Meaning the chances are getting slimmer. Are you following? Yes, take your seats, but be nearer. You can take your seats. You can take your seats. And then look at what happens. This, this is a principle that you really have to learn. The next verse. Mm-hmm. Then he put their three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Right? Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees and peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. Uh-huh. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods. So here's what happens. Let me, let me explain it. So what does Jacob do? Uh, let's have the white again. Stand here. So those other ones have been removed. The white come. Jacob... Okay, wonderful. So Jacob makes something and then he puts it by the waters. And then as the animals are conceiving, this is what they are looking at. So the animals are conceiving and while conceiving, they are looking at this. Are you following? And then the ashes come back. And then, to their amazement, 
when they start giving birth, rather than following DNA, that's it, rather than following DNA, what they were giving birth to was what they were seeing. That which... More ashes, more ashes, a lot. More ashes. I said more ashes. So before they knew it, this crop gave birth to that crop. And no DNA modification was done. The only thing that was done was they kept looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. And so they, cons they, they gave birth to what they were perceiving. They gave birth to what they were looking at. Now, if a cow and these sheep and all these guys who did not have anyone to explain to them the concept of biblical meditation were looking and somehow things in them began to adjust to what they were looking at. I imagine what would happen if you look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and scripturally, you become what you behold. No, you become what you behold. Look at um, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and look at verse 17. So they kept looking. Verse 18. Give me the Amplified. They're also looking. And it says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of God. Let me read it from the Amplified. But all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of God, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. There is no, there is, listen, in case you think, in case you think the body is fertile, you have not met the mind. The mind is fertile. Peter, Peter says, guard the loins of your mind. Now, in case you think the mind is fertile, you've not met the spirit. You've not met the spirit. A spirit, a human spirit, having koinonia with the Holy Spirit. You know what will happen? You'll find that he's a vine and you're the branches and you just keep bearing fruit and fruit and fruit and fruit. You have to learn to envision Please take your seats. Now, praise God. Okay. When was the last time you sat down and had a vision casting session with yourself? Like, okay, by this time next year, because the word of God says this, my plans are to achieve this, 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 this. Okay. You even go take a professional photo, put it there, and daily, you're speaking this, 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 this. What was the last time you had a vision casting session with yourself? Because sometimes these are principles we shout amen to. When was the last time you did it? A vision casting session with yourself. And, it, it, and you know the thing is that it doesn't matter the error. You can have a vision casting session with yourself about righteousness. 
you envision the kind of life you want to see, the godliness you want to portray, the speech you want to portray. You can envision it. And as you do that, you'll notice you have given birth to it. You're giving birth to it. And the word of God is very potent. When the word of God mixes with you, you conceive. That's the way it is. Praise God. Let me give you the final one for today. Hmm. Maybe that's why it says without a vision, people cast off restraint. Now, that's why we must look unto Jesus. That's why we must imitate those who through faith and patience. And that's why there's a challenge if the only person you look up to is yourself. <laughs> You'll be limited to you. You can't grow if you're the only person you look up to. And that applies to every area. Since they're anointed. So this one point ponder on it. I'm actually giving you the keys, right? So you let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it flood you with vision. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And then you ponder on it until it becomes a conversation within yourself. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Have you ever had a situation where you get lost in thought? whether negatively or positively. And then you, you just come out doing... So, what has happened? The conversation within yourself has bubbled so much that it has come out of your mouth. No, who, you've never had that. Let me give you an example. Let's say um, you feel... You bought something and let's say you feel it was low quality. Then you start thinking of the money you wasted. It's in your mind, it's in your mind, it's in your mind. And before you know it, like everyone is just minding their own business. And next thing, that's how money can just finish. And everyone's like, where is that coming from? most of the statuses you see are as a result of internal conversations. As a matter of fact, most of what you're seeing is just the tip of the iceberg. They're the result of... So somebody just... You think somebody just sat and said, let me type a status that Lusaka women are funny. <laughs> There's been a conversation within themselves. There's been a conversation. Have you ever thought of a good memory? And then you just find yourself... <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> you just somehow... <laughs> yeah, I was sure. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's hearing me. I want you to think of the best memory you can think of right now. Okay, pick among the many. Pick one best memory. Just think. Close your eyes and envision it. Just for a second. The best memory you can think of. <laughs> I don't know why I'm putting my ears. <laughs> or think of the funniest joke you ever heard. 
Remember the day we told the Boaz ruthless one? That, that, that was the one. The Boaz ruthless one. I, I think about it sometimes. Now, the one where, guys, you don't remember the Boaz ruthless one? What was Boaz before he married? It was ruthless. That was funny. <laughs> now, if you notice that you're thinking of the best memory and somehow like a smile is not coming out, some of the challenges you may be having, that kind maybe needs some prayer and, and some fasting. Okay, that's, that, that's just a light moment. But what I'm trying to say is, you notice that whenever you remember, you recall. It's like somebody is an ambassador to another country, and then you recall them. You're bringing their presence back. Similarly, when you recollect, when you remember, you're calling back a memory. Sometimes you're calling back an emotion. Sometimes you're calling back a feeling. You call it back. And then it becomes present as though it happened now. And that's why you find sometimes one of the things that really uh, people experience a lot is, you know, nostalgia. You know what nostalgia is? Where you keep reminiscing on the past. You know, like, you know, when I was young and I just used to run around, because that's how you picture it. Can't show when you are young, you are busy. I can't wait to grow up. They like limiting me. If you knew words like limited. But anyways, you, you find you always picture it, playing Waida. And if you remember, back then in Zambia, there were not many tarred roads. Motorists would apologize to us for disturbing our football match on the road. The roads were for football. <laughs> Who remembers that? You never played football on the road. And the best time in the world, the best time in the world to play those games is if you were the owner of the ball. <laughs> First, if you're the owner of the boy, you're the one who chooses your teammates. Yes. Second, if you're the owner of the boy, they need to allow you to at least score one goal. And if you say it's a foul and they say it's not your foul, you say, I've gone home. <laughs> Guys, my boy, I'm out. I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> Glory to God. But what I'm saying is, you've got the potential to call it back. How much more? How much more when you're dealing with the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? So you sit and you're just like, and then before you know it, a conversation comes out. The woman with the issue of blood. And you ponder, you ponder, it becomes a conversation. So 12 years, year one, year two, she'd spend her money out. But she said, if I can just get close to him. And then she touched. And then the blood. Before you know it, you're like, oh, glory to our healing Jesus. What are you doing? You're bringing a reality of something that happened years ago. And then for us, it's beyond feelings. I remember one time, I was having some challenges with my body. And it kept getting bad. One night, I decided to read my own book and watch my own videos. Because I was there. No one can tell me I wasn't there. So I sat and I started watching. And when watching, I was like, Amen! Fire! <laughs> like, when I, when I would see like the Frederick phone, the laptop, even casting out, they were like, Yes! Out! When I woke up the next day, I was completely fine. Why? Oh, I had caught into the now a glory that has always been within. 
And it's something that we need to learn to do. Whether you like it or not, you're always pondering about something. And you notice there are certain things which if you give so much attention, they become worse. And there are others which if you give attention, they become better. So what does the Bible say? Let's go to Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Next verse. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Your heart and your mind need guarding. Don't, never leave them unattended to. Then the very next verse says, Therefore, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, that's excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Another version says, think on those things. Now remember, everything the Bible tells you to do, the grace is in the instruction, meaning you've got the ability to actually decide what to think about because the scripture says so. And you've even been given a list. You can think about what is pure, you can think about what is just. You can think about what is lovely. You can think about what is of a good report. You can actually make a thinking list. Saying this is where my thoughts go. You should be able to tell that right now my thoughts have gone out of zone. There is there's a zone they've entered which they're not supposed to be in. You're supposed to be able to tell. Praise God. Praise God. And then finally, the final stage. I said the word of God dwells in you richly, right? And then you envision... And then you ponder. And then your pondering then comes out as speech. You speak it. That's the difference between biblical meditation and parroting. Parroting is just simply repeating certain words. I declare I am blessed. I declare I am fire. I declare I am Maya. And all that kind of stuff. You don't even know what being blessed means. But then with, when, when it... It, it, begin, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Meaning there must be something within. There must be this mixture, this solution within. And you'll find yourself speaking the thoughts of God. You'll find yourself living in the ways of God. So it must then produce speaking. It must then produce speaking. You've meditated so much, do not let your heart be troubled. You say, hey, come on my soul. I'm not going to let you to be troubled. This is, this is, this is. It, 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 must, it must come out as speech. So where many have had a challenge is people have learned to declare, but they've not learned how to fill up their heart with such an abundance that their words are not mere parroting. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Let's take a minute to pray. Thank you. Let's practice what I've taught for just a minute. I want you to think of any one or two scriptures. If you don't have any, I'll give them to you. Any one or two scriptures. 
concerning any particular area of your life. And I want you to begin to envision, begin to picture. Picture the you that God wants you to be. Picture the best version of you. And begin to ponder. Begin to ponder. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you praise. I give you glory. 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 Thanksgiving must always be a part of it. It's part of our mixture for us. Thank you. Thank you. For you have made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit who guides me in all things. Not some, not a few, but all things. There is no area in which I lack direction. Because your spirit guides me in all things. You have said my sheep hear my voice. Therefore, your voice is not foreign to me. Your voice is loud. And everything within me is drawn to obey you. Because your voice is loud. It's loud. It rings. You speak once, I hear twice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm never without direction. I'm never without guidance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And therefore, with that knowledge, I make a request for that divine guidance in every area of my life. Knowing that what I ask for you, give me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, thank you, precious Jesus. 30 more seconds. Thank you. It can become verbal. You're free to make it verbal. It doesn't even have to be shouted. It can be under your breath. It can be a private matter. We don't all need to hear it. But let it become verbal. Let your meditation become verbal words. Thank you. Feel free to speak. You can speak under your breath. You can speak loudly, but speak. Say something. Say something. Thank you. Thank you. My joy knows no bounds. Nothing can bind my joy. Thank you. My joy is contagious. When I walk through the valley of weeping, I make it a spring of life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. People become springs of life around me. Because this joy is contagious. Thank you. Come on, 20 more seconds. Speak. I want to hear people speak in certain things. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ten more seconds as you guys put Joshua 1 8 for, for us. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That shows you this is not, an, this is not a one-minute exercise. 
if you've noticed, you can take one hour just on one point. There are times where maybe you may need certain periods of extreme focus. But even as you're going about your day-to-day, because Joshua was a busy man, even as you're going about your day-to-day, under your breath, it can become like muscle memory, where there's always a part of you that's meditating. And perhaps that's how you can pray without ceasing. Even as you're going about your day-to-day, there must be a consciousness of the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anyone here who's not born again and you'd like to give your life to Christ today? If you remember from the skit that we did, it doesn't matter where you've been and what you've done. You have the opportunity to serve God. Sometimes people have grown up religious. Maybe they've lost their way, but they've never really had that opportunity to just respond to the Lord's call. So if you're one of those, I would like you to raise your hand so that we can lead you in a prayer of salvation right now. So I'll give you a minute. Raise your hand if you'd like to give your life to Christ. I'll give you 30 seconds to a minute. Okay, I see your hand. Anybody else? I see that one. Okay. Stand, please. Now, remember, sometimes it's perhaps a rededication or something like that. You can still come to the front as well. Let them come to the front. Thank you. Come, come. Wonderful. Say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. Just, let me just pray for you. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Now in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I declare in Jesus' name that all is well with you, all is well with your week, all is well with your life. In Jesus' name. Let, be, let this be that week of clarity. Let, be, let this be that week of direction. Let this be that week of tangible progress, of evidential progress. Let this be that week of notable miracles. I declare in the name of Jesus, none of you is a victim of circumstance. None of you is a victim of unfortunate situations. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the 